Hello there, this is Daniel Hodge, and I play Darth Malak and Kendris in Unreal Cinema's Knights of the Old Republic series. This is the Old Republic Podcast. Be sure to check out their Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Podcast. We are the Old Republic Podcast. Spoiler alert for everything Star Wars under the Twin Suns. This is where the fun begins. So, Brian, guess what is something I learned over the weekend? What did you learn over this uh, weekend, Cassia? Yeah, so I learned that Jean Cocteau and Jacques Cousteau are two different people with very similar names. Uh, Jean <laughs> that's, Cocteau. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Jean Cocteau is the guy that created like one of the first like Beauty and the Beast films, if not the first one. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. Jacques Cousteau uh, was the one who would plunge the depths, you know, as a French naval officer, you know. <laughs> so yeah. similar names, very different things. And then also, uh, this weekend was Star Wars Celebration in Anaheim, and Mm -hmm. I guess we kind of have another similar kind of, like, similar names, kind of totally different meaning kind of situation, because uh, Tales of the Jedi was officially announced. That's right, yeah. We recorded this episode a couple weeks back uh, with our friend Marcus to talk about Tales of the Jedi, the comic book series, in anticipation for the panel at Celebration, uh, where they talked about the upcoming show, Tales of the Jedi. So uh, sit tight, uh, listen to our episode with Marcus, because it's awesome, and then at the end of the episode, we're going to give you our kind of thoughts and reaction to the Tales of the Jedi panel. Yeah, it's going to be like a little fairy tale aquatic sandwich, so... (laughs) See you soon. Hello, everyone. I didn't stutter there. Um, Well, I just kind of paused there. Dang it. Uh, But today (laughs) we have with us the one, the only, who is it? Hello, everyone. <laughs> oh, oh wow! I, I wasn't ready for the uh, for the big unveiling there, but yeah, uh, that is. If you couldn't recognize the the voice, that is Marcus back with us again uh, to talk about something something pretty good. How are you doing today, Marcus? I'm back, baby. <laughs> How y'all doing? I am doing really good. How about y'all? I am doing well. I am also doing doing well. Um, and we're having you on today. We're pretty excited about it. It's a uh, it's, it's a topic that's uh, garnered a lot of buzz uh, very recently, but it's something that's kind of near and dear to us in the podcast. I know it's near and dear to you and what you are doing. Um, but yeah, so we, when we wanted to talk about our, our topic for the day, there was only one person to ask, and that was Marcus to come on. So thanks so much for, for coming on again. I, this, is, this is what, like your fourth time you've been on with us? Fifth time? I don't know. It's, it's been a bunch of times, but it's always a good time. I think yeah. it's five. I think. I, do, do I have the record? Um, it's either you, maybe you and Huni are tied. Uh, maybe a mm, super fan out there will have to like, uh, <laughs> kind of like count for us because I can't remember off the top of my head sometimes. So, but like, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to work that out and get a uh, get a certificate of uh, achievement <laughs> out, out to one of you for sure. I yeah. want it. I want it. 
Yeah. But before we John Cocteau the depths of the uh, Tales of the Jedi comics, we're going to have a surprise lightning round. And do you want to hear what it is? All right. <laughs> Bring okay. on the pain. Let me get comfortable. Okay. So Cassia told both of us earlier today that there was going to be a lightning round. Um, and, f- you know, for the remainder of the day, I've just been sitting nervously uh, with excitement waiting for this lightning round. So, yeah, let's get into it. Okay. So... What's going to happen is we have some prequel trilogy characters, and first Marcus is going to go. The limit is one to three sentences of explanation, and then uh, once uh, Marcus says like what he thinks, it's to Brian, and then I'm just here to sit as judge and arbiter. But oh. um, it's just like which characters. I'm going to like kind of say the names of these Star Wars prequel trilogy characters uh, come to mind. And then you're going to say like the closest one-to-one Batman character. It can be any character from any comic, video game, movie, whatever, you know. So are you guys ready? Okay. So to be clear, comparing these prequel era characters to any Batman character. Got it? Got it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So this is this is a, uh, a prequel episode to our episode with uh, Clone Wars Saved. We're going to be having come out where we uh, kind of go through this list with the uh, Kotor characters and uh, sequel characters. So yeah, starting with the prequels. So yeah, let's let's do it. All right. Qui Gon Jinn. Oh boy. Starting off with the big dogs. Uh, I'd say Qui Gon Jinn is most comparable to Alfred. The reason why is because the man is trained in many many arts of Jedi and fighting and stuff like that, but he's also very wise. And he's very trustworthy, and you just, you can always count on him. Even the, there you go. That's that's all I got. Lightning (laughs) round. No, just kidding. (laughs) Lightning round. I'm going to have to Palpatine it. It's like faster, Palpatine. (laughs) That would be a way to get me to, like, run more on a treadmill is like if you if you don't run enough like palpatine will like laser you like, then i well, tell you to like run me. faster cassia yeah, yeah. i right. am the lord of the sith and you do as i tell you to do or you will die <laughs> yeah you both missed a faster and more intense uh a la george <gasps> lucas right there. i know but, that, but but that's okay that's okay um i'm also i'm also going to faster, go uh, more intense, with alfred more as, as the uh <laughs> as the qui-gon Jinn character because because yeah he he knows everything. He takes care of um, Batman. He is a good teacher um, and a good listener. And I think that's what Qui-Gon is. So, yeah. Yeah. Alfred. All right. Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh, man. Okay. Obi-Wan Kenobi. He is most likely like Gordon. Jim Gordon. Because, well, he's always a de- the, he is the detective. Of all of Star Wars, honestly, and so does Jim Gordon of uh, mm, DC mm. of Batman World, and he always works with, always the, he has the best track record of being the most clean and most trustworthy, and he always gets his he always gets his man. And same thing with Obi Wan. Whenever he gets down to the nitty gritty, he always ends up being right and faster, more intense. There you go, <laughs> okay. and he always gets it done. There you go. 
Yeah, that's that's right. That's right. Um, Jim Gordon. Uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, so, uh, Jim Gordon's a good pick because yeah, I didn't even think about the uh, the detective angle. I'm gonna say that Obi Wan Kenobi is Batman because he is always out in the pursuit of good, and uh, sometimes it doesn't go great. Like when you let your apprentice, you know, fall to the dark side, and you have to you know, atone and, you know, remove yourself from the city, just like Batman has to remove himself from Gotham sometimes uh, for the betterment of the galaxy slash comic book world. So I'm going Batman, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Wow. All right. Jar Jar Binks. (laughs) Jar Jar Binks is Condiment King. He is just absolutely ridiculous. You never can take him seriously. And although he may be somewhat dangerous because he always messes up things, but he is Condiment King completely hmm uh let's see jar jar banks uh he's going to be most like the joker uh, as the most nefarious uh bad guy uh little oh. unhinged willing to you know can do anything is it darth jar jar secretly we don't know for sure but i'm saying the joker is jar jar okay yoda <laughs> oh man uh, Yoda, 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 Yoda is Raish uh, or Raz al Ghul, however you want to say it. He's the most wise, he's lived the longest, and he keeps on coming back, and he's the most dangerous with a weapon, sword that's or otherwise. Okay, so uh, so that's, that's a pretty good answer, but the correct answer is that Yoda is Barbara Gordon, a.k.a. Oracle, because Yoda knows all things, <sighs> all the time, Oracle. Okay, Mace Windu. Oh, that's easy. Mace Windu is uh, not Dick Grayson. He is uh, uh, his son, Damien. Although oh. Damien, he's totally Damien because Damien will end a life no matter what. If it if it's the right thing to do, if it's the wrong thing to do, he'll, he'll do the right thing, but not in the ways of following the rules. That's why Batman's always on his case. Even though he's his son, he tells him, no, do not kill this dude, but it'll end things. Don't do it. But he follows his own rules. Damien, that is Mace Windu. <laughs> Damien Damien is Mace Windu. Um yeah, that's that's a that's a pretty good one. I I think that I'll I'll uh, I'll second Marcus there on the Damien Wayne. I think that that's yeah, that's probably the closest for our uh, Mace Windu. Okay, Padme Amidala. Mm, Padme Amidala is is uh Oh my god, this is hard. Um Jesus, I'm going to say Barbara. Because, once again, mm-hmm. always, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the strong one, ready to fight, do whatever. And also, you know, knows everything and will always be there to either, you know, take the situation into her own hands or to support. But she is wise, powerful, and will get in the fight at any point. She's totally Barbara Gordon. Uh, yeah, Barbara Gordon, that's a, that's a pretty good one. Um, I'm going to say that Padme is Harvey Dent pre-accident with the, uh, the acid. Uh, she's in the pursuit of justice. She's willing mm-hmm. to stand up to people. Harvey Dent pre-Two-Face. Okay. Before, uh, before, before, two, before Two-Face, yeah. Okay. Jimmy Skywalker. <laughs> uh, uh, dang it. Um, I don't know. That's a hard one. The first one that jumped in my head was Talia uh, Al Ghul, but she's nowhere near as like as cunning. And, mm, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. But she's around. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm going to defer to Brian on this one. Uh, that that is a tricky one, especially since we already used Alfred. Um, maybe maybe she is uh, Martha Wayne. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. Save Martha. 
Yeah, I, I, yes. Uh, save Martha. Uh, save Shmi Skywalker. Come on, Qui Gon. Get the get the slaves out of Tatooine. Come on. What are you doing? Yeah. All right, Anakin Skywalker. Oh, that's Bruce. That is instantly Bruce. He now the thing is is that with Bruce, you know, he's one bad choice to ending up, you know, killing everybody and just breaking all that bone he breaks bones left and right but he will always do the right thing whereas anakin he will take out he he's done some dangerous stuff but at the same time he is still a good man pre uh pre manipulation of from the emperor i'd say yeah bruce he's dark he's ready to fight there you go he's dark he's brooding uh, mm-hmm. he, he could drive around in the Batmobile. Um, uh, that's, that's pretty good. Anakin Skywalker is Mr. Freeze because he ends up going bad in the noblest <sighs> of pursuits to that's save his dark. wife. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, well, well, I, I mean, Anakin, yeah, Anakin, uh, okay. you know, he, he goes to the dark side and that's exactly what Mr. Freeze did. Uh, he was like, he was like a doctor or something. Uh, wife got sick, had to, uh, had to do a bunch of crazy stuff to, uh, try Foster to keep her alive. Intense. Just, just like Anakin did. So Mr. Freeze is the right answer. Okay, Django Fett. Django Fett is oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, bounty hunters. Um, man, looking for a business job. He is Deathstroke. Uh, Deathstroke is one of the number one uh, bounty hunters out there. He will cut down anybody for a decent price. He's coming to fights with Batman many a times, and he's just a man out there, you know, conducting business and making his way throughout the galaxy, just like making his way throughout the world. Yeah, he is definitely Deathstroke. Okay, Chief Definitely Palpatine. Doesn't... Oh wait, oh wait, we forgot to call. Wow. Wow. You said fast wow. and intense. You skipped people. Is so fast and intense. Yeah. Now, now Sorry Cassia is going too too fast and intense. Um, uh, yeah, I'll I'll go I'll go with Deathstroke for for Django Fett because I couldn't think of anyone better than that either. So. Okay, Chief Palpatine. Mm. Uh e ah ooh, Chief Palpatine, uh, greatest manipulator of all time. Uh, oh, I'm gonna say, jo- yeah, he's my Joker because he's the greatest manipulator of your emotions, and he can drive you insane, and he is unpredictable. Yeah, sure, he chose politics, but it's the most dangerous thing of all. Same thing with Joker; he goes underworld and then, uh, you know, gets everything just like that. He is chaos incarnate. He is the Joker. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, Joker. Joker a little too meandering, I think, for uh, Sheev Palpatine. That's why I'm going to say Sheev is the Riddler. Always a step ahead. Always the smartest person in the room. Always knows what's going on. Joker. Or, sorry, Riddler. Okay. Could have got Court of Owls. Ooh. All right. Ooh. Count Dooku. Count Dooku. Oh, I'm, okay. I could say Court of Owls because that's everybody, honestly, in the politics. <laughs> so I'm going I'm to cheat on that one, just a little one. I'm going to say he's the Court of Owls because he's very—he's a political idealist, not a murderer. Um, he is—he has his fingers in every single pot, you know, uh, with the building of the clone army and um, in the political sense. That's where he lives. Sure, he's dangerous, and just like the Court of Owls, they're dangerous. They'll find out anything, and then there you go. He's the Court of Owls. Mm, okay okay i'm gonna say count dooku is like the penguin because penguin was always kind of this patsy character for the other better uh, uh bad Damn guys it, and, and and batman so uh so i'm going i'm going penguin for count dooku that's what i think too all right general grievous general grievous is totally um uh oh god 
You're up on this one, Brian. I, I can't think of anybody. Oh, General Grievous. Uh, oh, uh, oh, I don't know. Um, You're all wrong. It's very obvious, but okay. Uh, not not obvious at all. Uh, mm-hmm. that, pa- pass. Tell us tell us who your general Grievous is. Then Cassia. It's Bane. 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 Okay, that's that's oh, a pretty good one. That's a pretty good. Yeah. One. yeah. Totally. Okay. When Sorry. Gets juiced, Sometimes when I'm like arms. being fast and intense, I get fast and intense and snippy. You know. Okay. Yeah. All right. Snips. All right, I guess. Just like Speaking Bane. Of snips, same. Okay. Ahsoka Tano. <laughs> Ahsoka Tano to me is. Uh, <laughs> not Harley Quinn. She she is um uh oh, what's her face? Um uh 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 canary, uh black canary. She's oh. strong, willing to do anything. Yes, yeah, she may you know deal with Batman from time to time, where she's actually more with uh, Green Arrow. But at the same time, she is uh her own woman and very strong. And you get to learn more about her. And yeah, she. Becomes her own woman by the end of the time, and she's ready to fight and stuff like that. She is totally Black Canary. Okay, okay. I think that uh, Sokotano uh, kind of starts out as a a Dick Grayson uh, Robin character uh, because she is Ugh. the ultimate ultimate sidekick, and a lot of times uh, kind of triumphs over uh, you know what Batman or Anakin are able to do. Kind of rises above and is the is the ideal person for their mentor to look at and aspire to be. So Dick Grayson Robin. I'm going to steal that Nightwing. Uh, you got Dick Grayson. I call him Nightwing, baby. <laughs> All right. C-3PO. <laughs> 3PO. Oh, my God. Um, He is uh, uh, somebody that asks questions and, you know, it's just very on on edge all the time. He is, um, uh, oh, Jarvis. Uh, what's his face? Uh, oh, uh, the puppet master dude. Uh, Scarface. It's like that's him. He he is Jarvis, the one that's controlling uh, uh, Scarface, the puppet. So he's very, you know, just mm-hmm. like uh, uh, I'm not too sure. Oh, oh, oh. There you go. That's him. <laughs> well, uh, um, I'm taking back my original Batman, and I'm saying that C3PO is the most like Batman uh, of all because C3PO C3PO sees a story through to the end, uh, always comes out on top. C3PO is the real Batman. He's Alfred. All right. <laughs> Next up, R2-D2, go. I knew you were going to go R2. Uh, R2 is, uh, he's the most war-torn. He knows everything. He remembers everything in life. He is the most traumatic character. Oh, Jesus. He is uh, Thomas Wayne in the the Flashpoint to the point where he just goes unhinged and goes on a murdering spree. The only person Mm. that's actually had something close to him was uh, Chopper, but I'm going to (laughs) say R2 is... uh, Bruce's dad. There you go. Bruce's dad, billionaire droid. Uh, R2-D2 is Lucius Fox. Instead of giving Batman all those sweet gadgets, he just sticks them inside of himself. Reigns terror, murder droid, awesome. Lucius Fox. Okay. And then before we bail on and move on to Tales of the Jedi, Bail Organa, lightning round last contender. Bail Organa is... Harvey Dent, pre, pre Two Face, the politician wants to do right by by the people, and he will do whatever it takes to protect the people that he loves, even if that means making some backdoor deals. But he still does the right, comes out on top. He is Bail Organa, and Bail Organa is Harvey Dent. Uh, Bail Organa is 
Jim Gordon uh, because uh, Jim Gordon is always on the right side of the law. He always wants to do the right thing. And in times of crisis, he will send up the bat signal to call for uh, Obi-Wan or uh, the Rebel Alliance or anyone's help. So Bail Organa is Jim Gordon. Reason okay. I say backdoor. The reason I say backdoor is because he was, you know, underneath going in, building the rebellion behind everything. So, <laughs> yeah. All right. That concludes our lightning round. Christ. Oh, okay. That that was that was a very high stress lightning round. I thought all day about how when Cassia started the lightning round that I could probably just mute her on our call and then we could, you know, I know <laughs> we can carry on, you know, to save ourselves some stress. But that was I'm, that was pretty fun. I like uh, I like uh, going over the Batman characters and I was getting and the vapors just a little the, bit there, just a little scared. Oh, and yeah. in lieu of the Batman. So yeah. So thanks. That was that was a lot of fun, Cassia. Yeah. But now that the lightning round is over, what are we talking about with everyone today? That is Tales of the Jedi. Um, It's a comic book series from 1993 to 1998. It was created by Tom Veitch. um, And it goes over a time period, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, and even longer ago than Knights of the Old Republic, which is something we've talked about. But that game and those stories pulled a lot of inspiration uh, from this comic book storyline uh so so what do you guys think so tales of the jedi was this something that you read like back in the day marcus is this something you stumbled into later or like when you started you know falling in love with kotor where you're like what else is there out there maybe i should go look into this tales of a jedi thing uh how did you get introduced to the story well truth be told i had never really jumped into tales of the jedi Uh, Whenever I was a kid, I was six years old, whenever these things were starting to come out, when the comics were starting to come out all over the place. And then Mm -hmm. I saw images, I think of Ula Quill drama, you know, holding up his green lightsaber. And then you see a bunch of other lightsabers uh, lit behind him. And I was like, what is this? But funny enough, a fun little origin story. I was reading, uh, I believe it was Dark Horse comics that were releasing these, uh, reading the Terminator comic, uh, Terminator 2 Judgment Day comic books. Mm. I still have them all. Um, nice. Yeah, they're wrapped in plastic somewhere back in back home. So at the back of it, you saw, uh, you know, that character. It, there were two panels, one where it's Ulick uh, holding the lightsaber and the other one where it's just a bunch of lightsabers, different all kind of hilts being, you know, glorious reds and yellow hues and like a bright red orange and all that good stuff and Tales of the Jedi in purple or magenta. And then I was like, I want to know more about this. Then years came on. Then, you know, Knights of the Old Republic came along. And then I kind of fell out of comic books for a while. And then eventually, leading up to where it is now and how, you know, with Knights of the Old Republic 2, the name XR Kuhn started, you know, popping up left and right. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. wh- who is this? And then that's how I came back to it. And now I start, I'm starting to learn a lot more about it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, what about you, Cassio? When uh, were you introduced to these stories, or did you read the comics, or was it just something you were kind of familiar with um, within the EU? Or yeah, um, kind of just the EU. I, I did not read the comics. Uh, I fully intended to find a copy of the comics to read. Did not happen. I just I don't know. When it comes to comics, sometimes I like something more tangible, like that I can kind of like see and like touch with my hands, but. Uh, mm-hmm. so that did not happen. Um, but I kind of grew up with, uh, 
a lot of the Star Wars books, um, and I think it was like a what is it that like they kind of like have the timeline of all the characters, uh, those kind of books like talking about the canon uh, mm-hmm. back in the day, and it covered like all the characters, so I kind of knew who like Exar Kun, You Look Quell Drama, Naomi Sunrider were, um, and then kind of in the Young Jedi. Night series like Exar Kun's ghost appears, and mm-hmm. kind of always hear about mm-hmm. Exar Kun and some of the other Sith lords, and like the kind of Korriban, the the homeworld of the Sith. But like, uh, I think like without the Tales of the Jedi comics, you wouldn't really have Knights of the Old Republic. And like Knights of the Old Republic, kind of is its own story, but it's kind of like the Tales of the Jedi kind of built the skeleton of the kotor uh saga agreed mm-hmm. yeah as you're kind of reading through the through the comic there's not necessarily always like a like a one-to-one correlation with kotor but you'll see like the names of locations and of um like the like the people and you'll be like oh i remember seeing that name before like on a piece of armor from kotor or you know and and some bit of dialogue they reference you know like the these people or you know this place um so you can kind of see some through threads there so yeah i think definitely when they were uh coming up with kotor they were reading these comics to draw inspiration and get a feeling for what this time period could have looked like um but as, as for me uh i was never a huge comic book kid growing up but i would pick one up every once in a while or if they were on sale or um, like in the clearance bin at the local uh, bookstore if it was Star Wars related I would pick it up so I'd I'd read one or two of these like back as like a youngster probably not too far off of 1993 and Tales of the Jedi is pretty insane if you're just going oh straight from God, like yes. fr- straight from <laughs> Star Wars you're like you're like what's happening there are all of these big like dinosaur looking animals they're all using the force people are riding around on them you're like what is this it's like it's like dino riders it's like like human could, like beast yeah. wars a it's, character it's, could turn into a tree it's, I mean come it's, on it's so it's so completely crazy but it's it's tons of fun so I I never read through all of them until um just a a couple years back, like at my local, um, kind of like antique collectibles, like comic book shop, I went in, they had all five of the first, the first series. So just the, the tales of the Jedi, um, one through five, and they had them for $5 and I bought them, which is good because they're going to go way up in price, uh, probably, uh, with the kind of announcements that are coming, but I have those. So I read those first five and I'd kind of sat on those for a little while, but then when we, you know, wanted to talk about this and in lieu of kind of the news that we've been getting uh, slowly uh, trickled out from uh, Lucasfilm, uh, I wanted to get into it a little bit more. So I read them. If you have the Marvel Unlimited app, you can uh, read them. They're all on there, like all, uh, however, it's like eight series, I think, in total. Um, it ends up being, um, you can read through all of those and, and check it out. But yeah, that was kind of my introduction uh, to these stories. I mean, that was the same way for me as well. Just not not necessarily for uh, like the Marvel Unlimited app, but just I man, as soon as I saw the Tales of the Jedi, it's like like I said, years later, you know, playing uh, more Star Wars video games like uh, what's it called Shadows of the Empire. And then, you mm-hmm. know, the comic book came out as well. That was was it the precursor or was it like going parallel with the game? If anybody remembers, I can't remember. Yeah, Shadows of the Empire was a big um, like marketing thing that okay. Lucasfilm did. So there was like there was the comics and the book, the video game, and the soundtrack. They all kind of released like in the same like 
window of time yeah. to where you know is mm-hmm. is like this big huge kind of like like universe within the universe exactly um, i want dash rendar to come back yeah sure he's like han solo whatever i don't care give me a new character anyway uh <laughs> <laughs> um but it was with those books, especially with the comic of Shadows of the Empire, which I found one day at a local comic book store. It was on sale for $5, like just like you, dude. And I bought mm-hmm. it, and it was in pristine order, and I keep it sealed. But again, one of the other, uh, whenever I had it uh, for my N64 back then, it also came with the comic um, mm. tied into, it, like it was one of those random ones. I think it was mis- mislabeled or something. And you had a Tales of the Jedi comic with it instead of a Shadows oh, of the Empire okay. comic. I was I was confused as a kid. I don't know. But at the same time, I was reading. I was like, what is happening? There's so many colors. Why are these lightsabers so weird? Why, why is there a cyan-colored lightsaber? What is going <laughs> on here? I, I put it somewhere. And then years later, I came apart came across like shreds of pages and stuff. And I was kind of mad at myself that I didn't take care of it. Um, yeah. <laughs> but... Eventually, around uh, you know, around Kotor time, I started delving a little deeper and deeper, and finding out how connected Knights of the Republic is to uh, Tales mm-hmm. of the Jedi. So it's, it, I wouldn't like you said, it's not really a one to one, but it's like she said, it's the skeleton of what Kotor is today. Mm-hmm. So it's you need to we need to explore more of that. That that's that's a saga in its own. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I like that it kind of kind of sets up this time period and it gets you gets you a feeling for what the Jedi and the Sith were like um way back like like even in a time before Kotor and just kind of the way that they they talk about the Force and the way that they use the Force um is oh, really yeah. pretty pretty interesting, but uh it's kind of just give like a general kind of like story arc for Tales of the Jedi for for anyone out there who's not familiar. Um, I'm probably not going to do this complete justice, but we get introduced to a couple of uh, new characters. We get uh, Ulick Keldroma, um, his brother Kay Keldroma. Um, they're Jedi Knights. They're sent off to fight a war um, or to, to do some protection. Uh, and then we meet uh, Nomi Sunrider, who is like an up-and-coming uh, Jedi. Um, her husband uh, gets slain by some uh, uh, some some bad dealings trying to get uh, what are basically akin to like the kyber crystals. I forget what the the name of the crystals were um, exactly that they were carrying that they used for their uh, lightsabers. Um, but then these kind of two groups of people end up you know getting together and fighting these battles alongside as you start to see um, the Sith coming back into uh, power because the ghosts of is it freed on Nad, right? Is is coming back. It's uh it's doing some haunting around these. It starts like this uh like Sith like uprising. Um it's it's almost like a like a cult kind of a thing almost on this planet and this this big battle comes to head. And that's where the story starts getting really strange. Where it's just, <laughs> and so that's the thing about the EU that where things just do not cross and some things overlap and then contradict. And it's looking like I have it pulled up here. It's just like, oh, this happened here. This happened there. This happened there. Wait, wait, this happened. Let me go back this way. Like, what? <laughs> and that's where I got confused as a kid. So mm-hmm. at some point, one of these days, I'm going to have to pick up the series and just be like, all right, we're going to start from the beginning and go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. So so we meet them. Um, Ulick Keldroma is is kind of this pivotal uh, 
player, right? He's like a very up and coming, uh, kind of swashbuckling, uh, kind of Anakin Skywalker figure. Um, mm-hmm. We're we're telling the we're telling their story, and then after you get through the first comic run, we're introduced to a new character, um, and this is one that Marcus is going to be a little bit more familiar about. We'll talk about uh, the reasons why that is here in a minute. But uh, Exar Kun, who is also an up and coming Jedi, he decides he wants to go and start studying uh, the Sith. Uh, learning about their their magic and the way that they did things. Uh, everyone's like, that's a bad idea, XR Kuhn. Don't go do that. But he does go and do that. Um, and he ends up uh, you know, getting these Sith amulets, and he rises to power as this big Sith Lord. And he takes Ulic Kaldroma as his uh, apprentice, I guess, kind of, um, or his, his cohort. And uh, they're off to take over the galaxy, basically. Mm-hmm. And that's where... I come in. <laughs> that that's right. Yes. So so take a take a quick pause here. Um, we mentioned we mentioned uh, XR Kuhn coming in and how that applies to Marcus. So if anyone doesn't know where Marcus is from and how we first got uh, hooked up with Marcus and uh, why we had him on to the podcast in the first place, it's because of a little audio drama that Marcus does called Holocronicles of a Jedi, uh, which which profiles. Our favorite, well, my favorite character from KOTOR, Jolie Bindo, and his story. And in the last season, we're introduced to one XR Kuhn and how he plays into your story. Yes, of course you're introduced to XR Kuhn, one of the greatest Jedi of all time. So, yeah, there, there you go. <laughs> with that lovely little thing. Uh, so, the thing is, with Hollow Chronicles of a Jedi, I knew exactly that... Jolie's path he as he talks about in the video games like where you know he dealt with before you know uh Malik and Revan dealing with them before dealing with them there was a time with XR Kuhn being the the it was called the Great Sith War for a reason because he just steamrolled everybody throughout the Republic and it caused a massive Massive war devastating across all these different planets within the core worlds and almost to the outer rim and some unknown regions. But the the thing about it is that where Jolie comes in is that he comes in right at the tail end of the first war. I think it was Mandalorian Wars. I kind of had a little back and forth when I was researching for the first season of Hollow Chronicles mm-hmm. because, you know, you're introducing Jolie and where his origins. So... With that in mind, I knew eventually, at some point, Jolie was going to have to meet up with XR Kuhn. So I made it sort of the show running parallel to Tales of the Jedi and where XR Kuhn's rise is. And same thing with Jolie, to where mm-hmm. their stories are parallel and you kind of get two sides of the same coin. To where one is sort of, you know, kind of dogmatic, but not necessarily with the Jedi, but also... With XR, he is again. He's just like looking for power. Although he claims he was a Jedi, but then eventually went on to the Sith uh, through his backstory, which is extensive and very dark and awesome at the same time. I highly recommend it, all you people. Mm. Um, and he just it, between the two of them, you see where either one could actually just go the same route, but one's more charismatic on the dark side and the other is charismatic on the light and yet he still struggles with bouncing back and forth where the other one made a full-on commitment and to have those two meet in season two 
was something very important that I wanted to happen. And you get to see the juxtaposition between those two. It's like, oh, yeah. It's like Jolie agrees with, you know, XR just like, yeah, the, the Jedi are failing, you know, the, the Republic and they're failing their students. And a mm-hmm. lot of them are turning. They're going against their masters. They're fighting all the time. And Jolie doesn't really have a master, but he's just he's still a, a Padawan and he's like in his 30s at this point. So he's still a Padawan and learning. I think he's like 30s or 40s, but at the same time, he still hasn't been made a Jedi yet. And he's got some beef with the council on that. So at mm. any point, he could go with XR, you know, like you told him in, in the in the show. It's like, I could make you a lord of the Sith. Now, the reason why I gave him an Irish accent is because I, that's what came out of my head uh, looking at a photo of him. Mm-hmm. But uh that that was the beauty of something that I wanted to bring to light and that's how those two connect so the 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 whole plan was to run Jolie's story parallel to XR Coons and there's a trade-off there it was super great to get kind of that that take on it and and the timelines kind of match up well enough to where you could definitely bridge some some gaps there and I think that that's probably the reason why we're going to be seeing some tales of the Jedi stuff you know it has kind of been on the on everyone's scope for a while if you remember back to um, this past uh, December ish time we saw the uh, the picture of the uh, Lucasfilm holiday gifts that they sent out and it had uh, three logos on the side and two of them were shows that were in production but the other logo was the Tales of the Jedi logo and it's the same logo that is on uh, the comic series Um, so everyone instantly is like what's going on with that is Tales of the Jedi coming back is it going to be a show is it going to be a new set of comic books what's happening with that Um, and we were left to speculate up until about a couple of weeks ago um, right when they announced the panels for the celebration they announced that there was going to be a uh, Lucasfilm animation panel uh, with Dave Filoni to talk about Tales of the Jedi. So now, as of recording, Celebration is still a couple weeks off, but yeah, the you know <laughs> pretty much that's that's telling us that Tales of the Jedi is going to be some sort of animated uh, thing. I don't know, it's some kind of like anthology series or a series series. Um, I don't know, but uh, Cassia, why do you think that Tales of the Jedi is an important story to tell? Why do you think they're uh, going through the trouble of, you know, bringing this bringing this back to life? Uh, where do you think it, it fits in? Um, maybe alongside of, like, the KOTOR remake or something else or leading into the High Republic somehow? Or uh, what, what do you think? Why is Tales of the Jedi important stories here? I think it's a celebration of art, like animation, uh, who knows? I, I I highly believe that it's going to be an animated anthology series a la... Is it Tartarovsky's Clone Wars? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of think it's going to be like that. Uh, kind of filling out the timeline more uh, and kind of just like giving it some broad strokes, not a whole lot of concrete details that could contradict each other. But I think mm-hmm. it kind of gives you a feel, a visual feel for what could potentially become another branch of the Star Wars tree and give us a lot of uh, cool action, a lot of cool art, a lot of cool characters. Uh, wet the whistle, you know, um, for potentially more KOTOR era, more Tales of the Jedi era, more High Republic era, and... Kind of looking at the 90s uh, 
kind of Tales of the Jedi comics, like sometimes the art was hit or miss. I'm like, ah, uh, no <laughs> Sunrider's hair, like kind of like all over the place, man. It's <laughs> all over that place. And I'm like, she deserved, you know, a better hairdresser, I think at times. But um, think of Anakin with like the most frizziest hair you've ever seen or like Nicole Kidman back in her early years with the big curls and just waves. It's all over the place, man. Yeah. It's awesome, though. <laughs> Yeah, so I don't know what kind of art style it would be, like if it's 3D, like computer animated, or if it's like 2D animation. I would probably prefer mm -hmm. like a 2D animation. I don't know if it's going to be like Fantasia or Fantasia 2000, where it's like each skit, uh, each song, you know, was kind of animated in a different style, but, or mm -hmm. if it's kind of like the same animated style uh, and... Uh, you kind of uh, kind of have the same art style through uh, however many episodes there are. Maybe they'll be like two to three minute episodes and they'll be released. Like, who knows if it'll be like the Star Wars Visions schedule or if it's like, and now you have to wait another week for two minutes. And because that's what like <laughs> I did back in the day with uh, Clone Wars. I'm like, this is awesome. Like, and it's over. And it's over, <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, I was there I, with you. Yeah, I, I was always bad at, like, planning and, like, kind of realizing what time zones were. So I'm like, okay, like, just, like, <laughs> figure out, like, Friday, kind of pencil it out, see it. Sometimes I miss it, but uh, it would be on Disney+. Plus. So I don't know. It'll be – I'm curious to see what the – what the cast will be, like, who the characters mm -hmm. are, if, the, if they're new, um, how many details they reveal, like, if it's, cre like, a creative team. Uh, I'm excited, so um, I, I'm sure we'll learn more shortly. Yeah, that's right. One of the, one of the things we're hoping to do, so this will, this will come out after celebration so um hopefully we'll, i'll be able to tack an addendum on if i'm able to to see that or um you know if marcus is uh, going to celebration so say hi to him uh I there if you saw there, him baby um, i'm going to celebration with my first celebration yeah but uh you know maybe if he gets to attend the panel maybe we'll uh, have him back on for uh, uh, a little recap of of what we learned but uh you brought up something kind of interesting is cassia is what is the art style going to look like so one of the things that really stands out to me um this definitely looks like a like an early 90s uh, comic book if you're familiar with with that kind of style at all it and it's like these really like low res um like images of like the ships and the scenery um and the lightsabers but it's really cool because it gives it like this this like ancient feeling um and like the lightsabers are are really neat they almost look like they're like carved out of stone there's so many jewelry attachments, man. It's it's insane. It's like weirdly intricate, but also like very very low res at the at the same time. But uh, Marcus, what do you think? Why is Tales of the Jedi important? What kind of look do you think that this thing might have? Or you know, if if you were drawing it, if you were uh, sitting down at the uh, at the tablet to draw out Tales of the Jedi, what do you what would you like to see it look like? I guess. Well, if I was gonna go for an art style, I would keep it at that same kind of art style or the Tartakovsky or I, I always butcher his, his name. I, I'm sorry, but mm -hmm. basically that clone wars uh, style, or I would go with the actual style of the comic book and just update it a little bit. Cause looking at the, the images and stuff like that, 
I would keep that art style the same, update a little bit, give it a little bit more color, keep the off uh, kind of like washed out colors to it. And it's kind of got a, like a little sand, uh, even, man, I just got a flashback to holding the pages. Um, it was kind of like sandpaper-ish, just mm-hmm. kind of like brushed off. So keep that same color scheme. And per- perfect example, uh, like I was saying with jewelry and all these intricate costumes and stuff, XR Coon has probably the most intricate and like stylish costume there is, where it's just robe upon robe upon giant gold necklace, gold chain with, you know, bracelets and it, mm-hmm. it's and his lightsaber as well. Uh, not the redesigned one that he has a double bladed one, but the one he had beforehand. Um, they all have like tassels and stuff. like that. I would keep those keep those elements fresh within it because it gives it its own identity and separates it from whatever's done with, you know, uh, Filoniverse and the Clone Wars and Rebels and stuff. Just like how Clone Wars and Rebels don't look the same. They may Mm -hmm. still be 3D, but that art style, originally, whenever uh, Rebels came out, everybody's like, oh, they lose the detail, the wooden carving detail of what Clone Wars was. It looks Mm -hmm. more cartoony. It looks like it's more for kids. Star Wars is for kids, people. Sorry to tell you. But at the same time, it gave it its own identity as you watched it. So, you know, the art styles immediately, whereas more one's more wooden and like more stark colors and the other one's more bright and vibrant. You mm-hmm. can have that same thing with, um, with tales of the Jedi, keep that vibrancy, keep that sort of also washed out a little bit, but also some tints of bright colors here and there, especially in certain panels. Um, and I think it's important because if since Star Wars right now, uh, if you want to go Republic style, you know, it's in the High Republic era right now with the books and comics and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. If Tales of the Jedi, if they if this is a tease to a possible future plan of continuing on to, you know, a more grander scale of actually getting this era finished, this could be the building blocks of just like, oh. Just like how High Republic is the building blocks leading up to the prequels, Tales of Jedi could be the building blocks to the Old Republic. Then we get to Knights of the Old Republic and then beyond. That that's what that's why Knights of the Old Republic is so tied to it, because Tales is so important that if you get this right, if you get it done right, you can have, you know, the Mandalorian Wars and stuff like that being talked about. You can have mm-hmm. The and you know Revan and Malik, they're they're in between all this. They're they're in that. They that's how they start their rise. They're like picking at the bones of what Exar Kun did by the end, and then they rise, ascend from his failings and learn from his mistakes, and then go for it. So that's your bridge. That's why yeah. this is so important. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jolie Bindo is kind of like the I he is the glue, the most direct link between like uh, Tales of the Jedi and the KOTOR games. And Mm -hmm. I think when it comes to art style, like what if flashback to episode 106 with Schrader, what if it's like into the Spider-Verse kind of like inspired by comics, you know, but like Mm -hmm. Star Wars Tales of the Jedi. And then parts of me kind of are like, what if this is Star Wars visions, but kind of like inspired by like, uh, I don't know, like the secret of Kells or like Irish manuscripts or like, uh, 
you know, like tapestries, all that. Like, that's just me. Like, throw it I, in. Throw it I, in. Yeah. I mean, I would love that. Like, I feel like if anyone pitched that, like, in a meeting, they'd be like, um, we're not doing that, you know, but I, I would love something like that. Uh, Make it an episode. There you go. Yeah. I, I, you're right. It's like, throw well, this stuff in. The visions, that's another thing that opened the door of different interpretations and different looks. Again, the building blocks are there. And like yeah. you said, Jolie is one of the major gluing points of bringing it all together. It's Jolie, uh, Revan, and Malik, but Jolie is the number one connecting tissue to bring you across the uh, Exarchoon era all the way to Knights of the Old Republic because he's he lived it. He was there. So, and plus, you know, dealing with his wife that was a part of all this. So... Mm-hmm. Hmm. The lovely part of my heart and soul would love for uh, Hollow Chronicles of the Jedi to be a part of this. Or, hell, if um, Lucasfilm, if you guys are listening, uh, I'm available if you need a voice for Joe Lee. <laughs> and, uh, you know, if you right. need a live action version, I will definitely, you know, get back into the gym, start working out. And then I, you can do whatever <laughs> you want to me. <laughs> Let's go. That's that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Get get Marcus on the hook, because um, this was something interesting that I found. Um, I don't remember what I was going to say, but this makes me want to uh, skip ahead to this. There was actually an audio drama for uh, Tales of the Jedi for the first mm. comic series and the Freedon Nad Uprising. Uh, did you know that, Marcus? Were you familiar with that? I knew about Freedon Nad. I didn't know about... Uh, I, well, okay. Partially knew about Freedon Nad's, uh, the, the audio drama f- partially like it, it really i didn't really dive into it because i was busy writing hollow chronicles so i didn't want to confuse myself and just okay like, you know taint it but at the same time this is news to me yeah so um i've i've never listened to them um this was something that i've just found out but it seems very much like it's just um like an audio drama like retelling like you have the like dr afra um audio drama that just came out and uh you know, that kind of thing. So or they're just having a cast do do the story of the comic book. So so that's pretty interesting. I was curious if uh, that had come across uh, uh, your way there, Marcus. But as far as why I, I think it's important, it, yeah, I think it's it's just kind of building this bridge. Um, we've said it a couple of times on here, but the High Republic is kind of building the bridge backward because it's one of the things about Tales of the Jedi, I mentioned that it, it's very insane. It's real insane. So <laughs> if you if you just pick it up and your last experience was you meet uh, Luke on Tatooine and he goes to the Death Star and then you pick this up, you're like, what is going on? There is no like context for any of it. Um, and I, I think, think from Luke a, would just pick it up and look at it and go like, uh, <laughs> putting it down. <laughs> so so I, I think from like a storytelling perspective, I think I think it's good to kind of kind of build these things backwards. And that's what the High Republic did. And actually, the next wave of the High Republic is set before the first wave of the High Republic. So it's just like incrementally going down. But I think this is a good way to, uh, you know, get people up to speed, allow them to introduce maybe stuff into KOTOR that uh, couldn't be introduced in the original KOTOR, uh, possibly. Um, and one of my... One of my reasons for thinking that a lot of people are are very worried. They're like, ah, oh, it's going to deviate from the original. Uh, all this, I don't, I don't care about it. Um, which, which is fine. I mean, if you want to set it in that same period and, and tell your own story, I'm totally cool with that. But one of the things that I I'm thinking that it's going to kind of, you know, at least be, you know, in the same realm as the comic books was because last fall, 
Dark Horse and Star Wars got back together. Uh, they're going to be doing uh, comic runs, and I have to think that part of the reason was for that was so they could, uh, you know, get back into this uh, Tales of the Jedi mindset and anything that Dark Horse might have been holding on to all of these years um, and just have all of those assets available to them in any stories that they want to tell. Um, so that's that's kind of what I'm thinking about it because I know that Lucasfilm has been thinking about Tales of the Jedi for a long time. Um, so there's actually... Um, and some concept art for Clone Wars. So this was, you can find this in the uh, Art of Star Wars, the Clone Wars book, which came with like one of the DVD sets. Um, but there was a picture of like this Jedi stained glass in the Jedi Temple and Nomi Sunrider was on it. So, you know, people at Lucasfilm have been thinking about these stories and it's it's still influencing them. We mentioned that it influenced KOTOR. I think that, you know, people that are working at Lucasfilm now probably are like us, right? They grew up, they picked up this comic, they're like, what is this? This is this is a crazy story, but it's a lot of fun and these characters are great. Uh, let's hang on to those. See, yeah. Cassia, there it is. It, uh, uh, ooh, I'm looking at it. Ooh, that's cool. Yeah, see? Throw, what are you looking throw at? In, uh, the uh, Jedi stained glass concept art that he was talking about. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it has it has my KOTOR beloveds in it. You know, that sounds mm-hmm. weird. But, like, no, uh, it has, has Malik, Revan, Bastla, therefore it's canon. You know, and, like, you know, I mean, just imagine, like, a stained glass Star Wars vision Tales of the Jedi thing. I think it would be amazing. So... Mm-hmm. I think there's one over here. I, maybe it's just my eyes tricking me. I don't know. I don't care. I like it. It looks like Jolie is like on his knees looking up at Nayama or something like that. I, I, it's, I like it. Um, yeah. So whatever Tales of the Jedi is, I'm going to love it. And I do like what you said about Dark Horse and, and uh, Lucasfilm kind of coming back together, getting the gang back together, whatever it is. We're excited. Reunion tour, baby. We're going to be covering it, you know, and I mean, that's that's what I can say is we will cover it, you know, and <laughs> maybe we'll change it. The tales will we'll change the title to Tales of the Jedi KOTOR extravaganza, who knows, or just be the older public podcast, you know, but yeah, that, it'll be fun. That's right. That's right. Yeah, it'll be it'll be a good time. And so we'll have to we'll have to wait and see. Like I said, we're going to have to either um, attach onto the end of this or do another little thing or on YouTube or something um, after the panel comes out and give, you know, kind of kind of our thoughts and reactions to what they have to say. But um, I'm very excited about it. Um, I'm very excited to have gone back and read all of the comics, um, you know, after after all of these years and finally getting uh, through all of them and seeing the art and all of the characters. That has been fantastic. Um, And but. Before we head out, I want to give uh, Marcus a chance. I know you are diligently working on season three of Hollow Chronicles of a Jedi. Uh, you took some time out of your busy schedule. Uh, you, you were ed- editing and getting sound bites together, no doubt, but you came on to talk to us. So thank you for that. Uh, but tell everyone, uh, you know, if you have any, if you have any uh, uh, sneak preview things for Hollow <laughs> Chronicles, or um, you know, at least just tell people where they can find it. They can get caught up on seasons one and two while we uh, all anxiously await the uh, new season to drop. Well, so, of course, you can find Hollow Chronicles of the Jedi on iTunes, Spotify, basically all uh, major streaming platforms on Anchor. Uh, I know you guys are sponsored by Anchor from time to time, and that's what I use to distribute the show, so it goes out to everywhere. So, Mm -hmm. um, and you can also find it on my website, themosleyreview.com, and it has my fit, fate, 
basically I call it fit because it's my Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, all it's there. Um, so with Hollow Chronicles season three, like I said, Ula Quildrama, XR Kuhn, they're all important characters that all exist in Jolie's story. So like I said, I've been playing around with, you know, keeping his story parallel without diving too much into Tales of the Jedi and getting caught up in <laughs> that whirlwind of trying to get everything right. So I didn't have Marvel Unlimited when I wrote all of it. So like right now I am editing and doing rewrites here and there. Whatever new information I find, I, I try to incorporate it into the show without, you know, breaking the formula that I have right now. Mm-hmm. So I end up like Spider-Man back to f- back to formula. Um, <laughs> so that's what's going on right now. I'm currently rewriting the last two episodes because, oh boy, it's in the heart of the, the XR Kuhn war. Now, with the comics and stuff like that, I've grabbed whatever panels I can. And thank you for telling me about Marvel Unlimited. I'm definitely going to go in there, uh, recheck my research. But I want to give a shout out to one other guest you guys had on there, 100% Star Wars. He's done a whole video series on on XR Kuhn and Ulik Quell drama and how they're connected and everything about the XR Kuhn war. And that has been a major source. So I thank him for doing so much uh, research and collecting all of it to make it even more digestible and easier to find. But mm-hmm. yeah, so I've been going off of that and then finding connections of where I can put Jolie to where he's a part of it, but not in the story because he's not in the comics. Mm-hmm. Even, even his wife is not there, but uh, she's a part of the story though. She's yeah. like one of the background story, uh, background characters that doesn't really get a name, but that's, that's basically what I've been doing. So as a sneak peek, uh, <laughs> if I had an audio clip or anything like that, I'd probably insert it here, but I don't. Uh, <laughs> so basically as a sneak peek to the thing, I will say this, that this will be the most emotionally draining and, oh, wow. a- and action-packed season of the entire series because, oh boy. Heart of the war of Exar Kun and the ups and downs, the 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 drain, the the pain, the anger, all of it, everything. I'm trying to think of the word that I'm trying to put it into. Just the strain of the war is going to affect Jolie, and you're going to see how it. You're going to hear how it does, and it's just it's a lot. So. That's why it's taking a lot longer than usual to do this. Uh, it usually takes me about a month or about two months to write. You know, it took me about a month to write season one, and I was mm-hmm. just uh, improvising the whole da- the whole damn thing as I'm trying to put it all together. But the second t- the second season, I actually had a plan, so that took about two months to do. I'm currently about three months into writing this, and it's it's a lot, guys. So, and there's going to be a few surprises. Maybe even some extra voices that are not me in oh, the show. Okay. So that's all I'm going to say about it. But definitely check out seasons one and two uh, to prepare you for season three. Uh, tentative release time, I want to say July, maybe even August. But uh, Celebration is going to put a little pause on it because I need to get my Star Wars out. It's Star Wars Celebration, baby. I, I need to go. It's 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 Mecca. It'll be my first first celebration and i'm definitely gonna cosplay i will be there so come say hi 
and I'm I'm always around. Just come on over, talk to me about Star. Talk to me about Star Wars. We're in a Star Wars convention. Come on, talk to me about Jolie. Get, <laughs> you, I might learn some stuff from you guys that I never knew. So that's what's going on with me right now. <laughs> all right, awesome, awesome. Yeah, keep an eye on uh, Marcus's, uh, like I said, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, all that stuff, and. Uh, we'll be sure to let you know when that season comes out because I know Cassie and I are definitely looking forward to uh, checking it out and we're definitely looking forward to getting more uh, Tales of the Jedi content. So uh, listeners out there, let us know if you have a favorite character or arc from Tales of the Jedi or what you think about the show coming out or um, if you're going to be checking out the panel uh, because you know we're excited about it and we want to hear all of all of your guys' excitement about it too. So uh, what what do you think, Cassia? Does that does that wrap up Tales of the Jedi for us? At least a good primer, I think. Yeah, uh, I'm excited for it, and Tales of the Jedi sounds amazing, no matter what happens. And Holocronicles of a Jedi season three sounds great. And I guess we can conclude there and say, "May the Force be with you." Prequel trilogy. Qui Gon Jinn. Thomas Wayne, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Jim Gordon, Jar Jar Binks, Jimmy Olsen, Yoda, Santa Claus, Mace Windu, Bullock, Padme Amidala, Batgirl, Shimmy Skywalker, Martha Wayne, Anakin Skywalker, Batman, Jango Fett, Deathstroke, Sheev Palpatine, Razal Ghoul, Count Dooku, Penguin, General Grievous, Bane, Ahsoka Tano, Stephanie Brown, C3PO, Alfred, R2D2, Oracle, Bail Organa, Harvey Dent. Hi, before we get started, we just wanted to say happy Pride Month and We hope you're having a good one, and we're very thankful to our patrons on Patreon. We were able to donate our proceeds back in April to the Amidala Initiative for Equality Texas, and we were able to also make a donation uh, to Encircle, which is... uh, program that helps uh, LGBTQ uh, plus uh, uh, youths uh, find uh, affirming programming, mental health therapy, and it helps create like a nurturing space for youth to thrive. So we're very, very thankful that you guys were able to help us uh, donate uh, to these two causes uh, because w- we've been seeing a lot of uh, pushback, you know, uh, the last few months, and we just want to uh, let people know that uh, love is love, and uh, we're we're here for you, and uh, we believe in you. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, it's important for us to you know, spread a message of inclusivity and, you know, being able to make donations to both of those organizations uh, was wonderful. So, yeah, any 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 way you can uh, support the LGBTQ uh, 
uh, plus community, um, especially in this month, the month of June, uh, which is Pride Month, uh, definitely do. And if you want more information on either of those uh, organizations, we will have links to those in the show notes. Um, and we encourage you to go and to learn. And if you're able to help, uh, please do so because it's important. And uh, we want you know everyone to have equality. Um, that's really important. So uh, thank you very much for that. And now on to the episode. All right. So after our thoughts with Marcus, we kind of sandwich in our thoughts uh, kind of about the official tales of the Jedi news. I am looking mm-hmm. at geektyrant.com, and this article oh. says, Liam Neeson returns as Qui-Gon Jinn in Dave Filoni's Star Wars Tales of the Jedi and more exciting details. And kind of the too long didn't read of that is that Uh, Liam Neeson is going to return for at least one episode for Tales of the Jedi, which I kind of see as tacit endorsement of the fact that he is going to return for Kenobi as well. Because it's Mm -hmm. like, why would you just return for like a random Tales of the Jedi if you're not going to be like, you know, in the Kenobi of it all? Yeah, I would would assume he was in the sound booth doing voice work and they're like, just record a bunch of this stuff so we can put your voice into... Lots of things going forward. Yeah. Maybe there will be a really cool Qui-Gon, a young Qui-Gon action figure, you know? And this article says that the younger version of this eventual Jedi Master will also appear alongside a younger version of Count Dooku, which I love because mm-hmm, he mm-hmm. fences, and I love that. And then also Mace Windu, Anakin Skywalker, and of course Ahsoka, which means what, Brian? <laughs> uh, well, Dave Filoni was uh, involved with it, so of course that meant that Ahsoka was going to be there. But we are going to get little little baby Ahsoka, I think, so that that will be good. Um, that will be interesting, I think. We're going to, I think these are going to be like little like character study arcs for all of these uh, different Jedi in the prequel era. Uh, so that's pretty cool. So I think you can look at this Tales of the Jedi panel um, kind of kind of two ways, because on one hand, I see these stories. Um, and I think that they sound awesome, and I'm very excited to see them. But yeah. on the other hand, I see that logo, and I'm like, "Why did you use that name? You could have, you could have, you could have done, yeah. you could have done, lo- you could have done lots of things." Um, I don't know if maybe uh, eventually it's it's going to tell Jedi stories from outside of the prequel era, and they were just thinking that far ahead, but. I don't, I don't know. I can't, I can't imagine that it would have been a bait and switch because, you know, even if you take the whole bulk of Star Wars fans, the people that know of Tales of the Jedi is still probably fairly small. So I don't, I don't really understand, understand that. So it was just, it was just weird. But that being said, I, the show sounds great. Um, like the images I've seen of it from Celebration and what they have up on StarWars.com look really cool. So I don't know. We'll have to see. I'm, I'm interested to watch it, but I'm, I'm a little baffled at the, at the naming convention here. Yeah, I mean, it looks like a beautifully animated show, and um, it kind of looks like a a marriage between, like, the Clone Wars and Rebels animation style, and I'm like, dang, like, Count Dooku's cape looks amazing, and look at that lightsaber, but it's kind of like naming something, like, the Old Republic, and then, like, having the same logo and being like, and it's going to take place during the sequel trilogy. So, like, I don't know if plans changed or if Disney just wanted to own the trademark or what, but Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's puzzling. 
but it kind of looks like way too in depth for it to have been originally like uh tales of the jedi like kind of based on the the comics you know like from the 90s you know so yeah and from what i've seen like online of people that were there at the panel and saw you know some of the the animatics and stuff it sounds like a lot of it's pretty pretty far along and you know rendered and you know big pieces of story so it, i think this is something they've been working on for a while so probably when you know, kind of those pictures of the holiday gift leaked with that logo. You know, this was already already going on, already happening. Lucasfilm already already knew what it was. But yeah, I'm I'm still just very confused about the uh, about the about the naming of it. I mean, you could have called it, uh, you know, Tales from the Jedi Temple, or you know, Tales from the Jedi Archive uh, would have been cool. Uh, you, know, you know, lots of lots of things would have been neat, and you know, kept that name for something else. But I don't know. Maybe they have like I said, future plans beyond like this prequel era. Um, you know, it, it's, yeah. it's kind of hard to say. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know. Cause it seems like uh, they have Ahsoka and Ahsoka kind of jumps around the different timelines. Cause I was mm-hmm. like, Oh, maybe it's like tales of the Jedi, different seasons. One could be like kind of the prequel trilogy. One can be kind of like original sequel and then kind of like jump back in time or go forward, whatever. But I don't know. It's just, it's a weird name, and I'm, I mean, it looks intriguing, like, it looks like a good, a good show, great animation, but I'm kind of disappointed, and I think that a lot of the fan base would be kind of disappointed as well, and I kind of posted, yeah, I kind of posted something um, saying, like, me expecting a new story outside of the Skywalker saga timeline, and, like, it has Boo Boo the Fool, the clown, you know? (laughs) So, Yeah, I think definitely people that know of Tales of the Jedi probably were were disappointed, and, you know, I I know both you and I were hoping for something from that, but, like I said, this still looks really good. I'm excited to watch it, and hopefully that means something else. I did see someone brought up a good point online. I don't remember where I read it, but, you know, if you know, keep those stories, I guess. Maybe little three-episode arcs aren't how we wanted the older public stories to be told anyways. So, yeah, just keep yeah. an open mind, and, uh, yeah, we'll we'll watch it and with uh, with great interest. Yeah. I don't know, like, because it seems like uh, Dave Filoni is, like, kind of like the, the future of Star Wars. Um, and, like, one thing I kind of worry is, like, he just kind of sticks with his favorite characters in time periods. Uh, but... I don't know, like, hopefully in the future we kind of, we kind of see, see more, but I don't know. We'll just, uh, see what happens, I guess. So, uh, Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, yeah, let us know out there if you, uh, were at Celebration and at the panel. Um, I know our friend Marcus was, who was just on the episode, so, uh, let us know what you thought, let us know what you think about the Tales of the Jedi, and let us know if you're interested in this show and thanks for tuning in as always may the force be with you and may the force be with you again the older public podcast can be found on spotify apple podcasts google podcasts youtube as well as everywhere else that anchor podcasts are distributed subscriptions reviews and shares help us out and if you want to connect with the podcast on Twitter, we can be found at Old Republic Pod. And if you want to connect with me, I can be found on Instagram at Astro underscore Droid underscore. 
You can find us on Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash older public podcast. Our intro and outro themes were composed by Dennis S. Mowers at dennissmowersmusic.com. This episode of the Old Republic Podcast has been brought to you by Nikki Dog from Patreon. May the force be with you. We will be back soon. Bye for now. <laughs>